Blog Talk Radio. Hey, ATG Radio, yeah, uh, the greatest boxing podcast, woo, featuring the crew, you know how we do, yeah, Mike Dawson, Big Time Timmy, Rufus D, Hollywood, Coach Andre, and the Godfather Frank, yeah, that's the crew, so come and get in the loop, so tune in and see just how we do, it's every Monday and every Wednesday, ATG Radio. Yeah. ATG Radio. Now, I'm not trying to say we're the greatest. The most hated, maybe. Well, we might be the greatest. That's just because I don't know what else is out there. No competition. We got the best team in the world. Who you got? We got Tim Cudges, Big Time Timmy, Rufus Deathabow, Homicide Henry, Kid Thunder, Taylor May, GFL TV, Mr. Bean City, and it ain't pretty, Cornflake, reppin' Vegas, cross the Jersey City, Mike Dawson, Louisiana, getting gritty, Marine Shane, Nate Campbell, breathing boxing, Sean Rothman, Nigeria, get it poppin'. Ain't no stopping us, Frank stay a marvelous Haters sit and listen and they can't stop calling us 347-934-0137 And hit us up, yo ATG Radio, all the haters know Undefeated champions and I oh, will never go Talking boxing, wrestling and MMA Just keep your mouth shut and hear what I say ATG Radio we are the greatest show, rank numero uno, ATG Radio, ATG Radio, we are the greatest show, rank numero uno, ATG Radio, yeah, that's right, ATG Radio. ATG Radio in the house for 11, April 11, 2018. You got Mike Doss, your host. You got Rufus Deathbow, the other host. I'm not even going to call him a co-host. He's a host with me. Rufus, my man, representing Ohio. What the hell is going on? Mr. Twitter himself. <laughs> I don't know if he's ready yet. We're going <laughs> to let me put him on. No, yeah, finally you brought me on. Yeah, well, I thought you brought yourself on. <laughs> oh, well, no. Welcome no. back, Rufus. How's everything going? Enlighten the boxing fans what we're going to be talking about. I'm sure you know the biggest news in the sport right now. Um, there's a lot of rumblings with Tyson Fury. There's more rumblings with Gennady Golovkin, you know, trying to find an opponent. What do you want to choose first? Oh, Jesus. You know, I might as well say, no, the way I look at it, you might as well talk about um, the the whole uh, Gennady Golovkin thing, because this is like a mind fuck happening to Spike O'Sullivan and everybody else. This is a mind fuck happening to Gennady Golovkin. I mean, look, I mean, no, yeah. <laughs> this guy's had six opponents in the last seven days. Come on. Man. Yeah. And the, but the leading candidate the whole time, 
you know, dropped out, you know, unexpectedly today. I didn't think they would drop out, um, but the time is getting close. I mean, you know, it's less than a month. It's 20-something days. You know, the fight's about to happen. You know, you need the shit or get off the pot. And I think, to be honest with you, they're going to be getting off the pot. Uh, I, I don't I don't see it happening. I would not be shocked if they cancel the fight. I would not be surprised at this juncture because, I mean, what do you got two and a half weeks or so to really promote something, you know? I mean, do you really want to go to ESPN, no offense, ESPN, you know, to have a world champion, the best fighter in the world, to fight on fucking ESPN when he's a pay-per-view fighter? You know, it's too degrading. I wouldn't say it's degrading. I would just say that, you know, the only way you're going to ESPN is if Bob Arum gets you in there with Ramirez, a guy that's eight pounds bigger and a champion himself and a huge fighter in his own right. Uh, you think Bob Arum's just going to let him fight anybody on ESPN? No. You're going to fight my guy, and I'll have options on you. You know, Bob Arum's not an idiot. But, you know, getting into Golovkin's people are not stupid either. So that, that's just, you know, that's well, basically Bob saying, yeah, hey, I, I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure they can justify it however they want to look at it. But I think to the hardcore boxing purists, it's quite a step down, and they might as well just check market and be like, hey, let's just go for Billy Joe Saunders at a later date. <laughs> you know, that's what I would do at this point in time. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think that it's so, you know, diluted now that it, the best thing to do maybe is to pull out. But the problem with that is it's a great date. It's the date of the year. You know, May 5th is one of the most popular, you know, weekends of boxing. And just a popular single to mile, you know, weekend is just huge for the sport of boxing. Um, I just cannot believe that they would have this, you know, booked up so much and then, you know, not have. They should have had a plan B from the get-go. And they didn't have it. It's twenty days away, twenty plus days away. Um, they got to do something in the next day or two. Uh, we need to make a bet. Uh, maybe throw a, a, a T-shirt in there or something. Whoever you know, like mm-hmm. we need to do a poll. You know, by the next show on Monday, if there is not, will, will there or will there not be, you know, an opponent for Triple G? <laughs> yeah. If there's not an opponent by Monday, I mean, it's it's all but dead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know. But, and yeah. uh, the leading yeah. candidate right now is depressing, and I'm sorry. I mean, I know the guy. He's a, he's a good one, of the nice people in, in, in the game. But Vanas Matarosian, you know, got a good record. You know, fought some tough guys in his career. But the problem is, you know, he's coming off a loss two years ago, almost to the day if the fight happened against Aristotle and Lara. It was, it was a competitive fight, but it was a loss. And he ain't fought in two years. And he's a 154-pound guy. You know, I mean, how can that be, even from ESPN standards? I mean, you know, ESPN, HBO, I just don't see that. You know, you don't want to be off two, two years and then fight one of the best fighters in the world. You know, that that's just setting yourself up for failure. Um, it's a money grab, clearly. I see, you know, Vonna sees the opportunity. But, you know what, I don't think the fans should have to suffer through that. Oh, no. To, to me, you know, as big as a mismatch as Spike O'Sullivan was, that's essentially what you're asking people to accept a lesser substitute than Spike O'Sullivan, just because it's Cinco de Mayo and the guy's Hispanic, you know, or whatever. I'm like, no. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, uh, Twitter, Twitter's kind of starting to chime in a little bit. Logan Lotus, at Logan Lotus. 
ATG Radio, Triple G is not the best fighter in the world. Loma and Crawford are the two best fighters, you know, or wait, are the best two fighters, are the best in the world, and they fight on ESPN, which has the highest range of any boxing network, including HBO and Showtime. He'd be lucky to get on ESPN and not rob the fans of pay-per-view. I, I'm, I'm, you know, ESPN is not bad. You know, I just don't like ESPN now because the commentary is dreadful. They, they, they picked out their best guy in Teddy Atlas and put him on the bank because they got butt hurt with things that he said. Teddy Atlas has been saying things that made people butt hurt for 25 years, and now you're, you know, 25 years later you're going to get pissed off and pull him, off, you know, off the show. I mean, that yeah. is one of the reasons they got. You know, remember when we were talking about like you back in the day with with George Foreman, Jim Lampley, you know, on HBO, oh, yeah. all them guys, uh, you know, on the show, you know, got you kind of riled up when you knew that a fight was about to happen on a certain network, like Tuesday night fights on USA Network. You know, uh, it made you feel good, and that's that's what Teddy Atlas brought to the table. You know, you had an ESPN show, but you know it might be a little crazy if Teddy's on, and now you oh, don't yeah. even have that. You got guys that are, you know, I'd rather watch dogs piss on fire hydrants. Okay. Yeah, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm talking about a whole movie, two hours long, of dogs pissing on fire hydrants, rather than listening mm-hmm. to two hours of commentary on ESPN. It's dreadful. And But I, I'm not going to knock ESPN for being a, a, a boxing-friendly you know, uh, network, as it is. They've been covering boxing for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really going to say that they're bigger than HBO and Showtime. Maybe ratings-wise. Oh, well, ratings-wise, because people's not always, you, know, you don't have people always subscribing to HBO and Showtime. You know, it's a lot no. easier to watch ESPN fight. Well, I mean, if you want to go by that logic, then, you know, anything that's ever been put out on NBC or whatever is theoretically bigger than anything HBO and Showtime does. To, to me, that's point, a pointless assumption to make because, to me, it's more prestigious if you have to pay for it. I mean, let's be honest about it. It almost comes across as a freebie thing. Oh, well, here. You well, know, these, have these crumbs. He won't stop. <laughs> that guy is an idiot and don't know shit about boxing. Well, there's two guys on the show. I don't know who you're talking about, but if you're gearing that towards me, let me just. You're the one that's picking Loma and Crawford as the two pound for the best guys in the game right now. Yeah, well, Loma me, has a great. I, I would. I would have. I would have them at like number two. I mean, number one and number two, pound for pound. But let's be honest, they are so low down in weight. I don't really think they have the crossover appeal of somebody like a middleweight champion. I mean, the middleweight division has always been like the crown jewel in a way of boxing. It's the division that keeps boxing afloat. Um, So for me, if I say Triple G is the best fighter in the world, it's because he's one of the most recognizable, um, period, and everything with a belt that actually means something and a division that means something. Hello? Some kind of technical problem. Are you Rufus? Yeah. What happened? I have no fucking clue. It went completely dead on me. Somebody on Twitter doesn't like us. Well, oh, well. I mean, what else is new? Well, it is far yeah. more easier to displease than to please. There you, you go. Know, so. well, speaking of that, still, you know, Twitter, some some guy, you know, we get love on Twitter, but we get hate, too. But you know what? 
at least we look at it. Some radio shows don't even look at all the hate because they don't have the balls to go up against guys. ESPN mm-hmm. or Daniel Harvest, D. Harvest, mm-hmm. or ESPN is dreadful to listen to commentary, question mark. Trust me, this podcast is much better. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, this podcast isn't rainbows and sunshine. You know, you, you might get that with me and Andre sometimes because we, we agree on every single thing. But me and Rufus do not. Trust me on that. And if that something's wrong, you know, Teddy Atlas would be the guy to check you on it. That's missing. And if you don't see that, if you don't see a problem with, you know, some too much dilution there and, and too much, you know, kind of dullness in their commentary, it's a big, you know, circle jerk. Who wants to listen to that shit? You know, Teddy no, was, people uh, gotta under people gotta understand what made HBO great and what made ESPN Friday Night Fights great was that you kind of had that oil and water kind of mix from like Teddy and you know uh, Max Kellerman and all that shit back in the day. Um, t- well, today had, it's like everybody's had, all the same. You had, um, you had Larry Murphy too. Yeah. Well, I mean, like everybody's all the same. You know now. And it's just incredibly dull. Uh, that's part of the reason why I absolutely hate Showtime, where they had, uh, you know, Polly Malinaji and everybody sounds like voices on a chalkboard. Not saying that I sound like anybody either, but still, at least I think it's more entertaining t- calling it, calling bullshit what it is. You know what I mean? Well, one thing about Polly, they do get serious a lot of times, and he does, you know, kind of go from the norm sometimes. I mean, he does speak up at least. You know, these guys on ESPN, I mean, I love Tim Bradley. No disrespect. He's a, a you know, former world champion, hell of a fighter, hell of a guy. You know, been on our show many times. I really like him, but the combination with him and the other guys, it's just it's not good. You know, Teddy, you throw him in there, he li- he, he livens it up. He makes it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if you disagree with it, and I disagree with Teddy many fucking times, many times, but I respect what he says. He doesn't make me mad sometimes, but you know what? That's the emotion that he shows. You know, mm-hmm. at least he's showing something. You know, these guys, uh, you know, uh, right hand, uh, yeah, uh, ten rounds, eleventh round. I mean, that, that, it just it sounds like three guys that took Valium together, you know, slamming it with whiskey for six hours straight. You well, know, no, you know. Well, the thing, you know, like with Tim Bradley, I, I love the man when he fought, but let's be honest, the man is the black hole of charisma. He is not entertaining in any way, shape, or form. He never knew how to talk shit. And even if he could, you wouldn't buy into it because he's too nice of a guy. I mean, come on yeah. now. Well, you know. But you know what? I respect, he is a very smart guy when it comes to boxing. Uh, he does know the ins and outs of the game. You know, I would take a pass for Tim Bradley if we had Teddy back on or somebody that had a spark yeah. in you know, they just. But, but, you know, be as it may, you know, we can agree to disagree. You know, Peter Collins. Peter Collins won on Twitter. Triple G won't draw flies this shit without Canelli. Well, I gotta agree with you. He has to have some kind of dance partner. You know, Billy Joe Saunders would draw flies this shit in the UK. That oh would yeah, be massive, definitely. So basically, he's kind of wrong in a way, but it wouldn't be Canelo numbers. Canelo has a country behind him, just like Billy Joe Saunders. But the thing with Mexico is they are crazy about Canelo. Yeah, you got you got some of the UK that doesn't like Billy Joe Saunders, and you got some that do. You know, the whole if you're if you're Mexican and you don't like Canelo, you'll be caned, you'll be hung up <laughs> by your feet and beaten with a bat. So yeah. I do agree with you to an extent, but that's that's the main problem. I mean, well, I mean, if you, easy, if, you, 
if you look at the pay-per-view numbers, you know, that Golovkin ever had, you know, it was always, like, very dismal, no matter who the hell he fought, until he fought, like, Canelo. You know, I mean, it is the truth. He can't really draw, even though he is a very entertaining fighter. You know, it's just one of those things. Well, that's just the game. I mean, yeah, that's just the way it is. But, you know, I'm going to go back to Logan Lotus. You know, talk about Loma and Crawford. They are phenomenal fighters. I, I don't even know if I would call them number one yet. You know, a lot, most of that's promoter shit, too. You know, our guy won. He's pound for pound. They, you know, they're trying to convince everybody. You know, you got three very, very talented guys. But you do have one guy who's very been, been very dominant, pretty much cleaned out his division, you know, beat Canelo. In most people, probably ninety eighty percent at least people's eyes. Um, you know, I would I would say he's proven more. I mean, Crawford is is still you know trying to find his legacy. Loma's working on it. He had a good win against uh, Rigandau. Rigandau was a lot smaller. You know, let's see what Loma continues to do. These guys are still kind of you know growing in their divisions. You know, Triple G has been at middleweight for a long time, and he's been reigning for a long time. And I think, you know, the the draw against Canelo, in my opinion, is still better than what Loma and Crawford have done lately. Because Canelo, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, Canelo is more established. I'm not saying Rigondeaux wasn't, but you've got to, you know, there's a weight factors there, too. You know, Lomachenko beat a guy that was a lot smaller than him, but he was dominant. But I wasn't, I wasn't the highest guy on Rigondeaux either. Because Rigondeau hasn't been fighting guys, you know, world-class guys lately, you know, like he should have. So, I mean, it's close, but i still got to throw Triple G in there. You know, I think he is. And I didn't even say he was the best fighter in the row. I said one of them. But, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and throw it. I, I, I still call him pound for pound number one. You know, I don't think a draw that you, you know, that you really should have got a win should, should mess you up at all when it comes to the pound for pound rankings. I never have. No. No. You know, but anyway. <laughs> Let's. We'll continue to, to cover this. You know, as the time goes by, if any more time goes by, I'm telling you, it's going to be canceled. There's already rumors talking about it being canceled. Possibly, if Von Smart Erosion doesn't come through. But my main question is, you know, it seems like Spike Sullivan's people had this in the bag. What made them change? That is the sixty-four thousand dollar question, isn't it? I'm wondering if they got another offer for somebody else with more money. I, but who could I think it just bo- I think it just boils down strictly down to the whole Cinco de Mayo shit, because everybody's like, oh, well, it's got to be a Mexican or it won't draw, and that's why I don't like, and in a way, I don't like it for St. Patrick's Day either when you have well, none but Irishmen or nothing but Hispanics fighting and whatnot. I'm like, it's incredibly racist. It is almost an outdated concept. In a way. Well, it's still well, the, the Hispanic people. It's not. It, it's it's definitely their, one of their biggest holidays of the year, and you know they they're huge fight fans. I mean, the, the Mexican people and you know the the oh, UK that country fans right has now, produced them. That country has produced the greatest some of the greatest fighters that there ever was, and you could find most of them in the top twenty pound for pound of all time. But at the same time, when you have people like Richard Schaefer. You know, going on, oh, well, it's got to be a Mexican or it won't draw a nickel. I'm always thinking, well, so you're telling me a white guy, a, you know, a black guy, a yellow guy, a red guy, and an olive guy can't fight on Cinco de Mayo? You know, it's incredibly racist. I can see where he's coming from in a way, but, I mean, it's it's hilarious. It's like the run of a joke. 
a Swiss banker is talking about Mexican fighters on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's just hilarious. <laughs> you got a Russian in, in Triple G, you got a Mexican fighter in Canelo, and you got a Swiss banker that all walk into a bar. You know, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just hilarious that you know Richard Schaefer always has to chime in, but he he is a Swiss banker, so he does know money. I, I give him that, uh, and he's he is right to an extent. You know, uh, the Mexican fans are huge on pay per views. You know, on on Secret of Mile, they they the, all these guys, they all have parties. They all buy the, the fights. They get big numbers, and and it's generally generated probably by sixty percent Hispanic people. So I can see that. But HBO already admitted defeat, you know, the Cinco de Mayo, and I already said, you know what, we are going to have it on HBO. So if it's going to be on HBO, in my opinion, it's fair game. He could fight anybody. They knew they weren't going to get the numbers already, so they went ahead and just mm-hmm. pulled it. But that's why it really shocks me that this fight ain't happening now with Spike O'Sullivan. Something else happened. The money went down. The offer changed. He could have he been given step-aside money. For some other type of date and time against somebody else that was more easily beatable, but I, I kind of find it sad in a lot of ways. But um, oh well, you know that's boxing. This was the strangest uh, circus sideshow business in the world. It's the most greatest entertaining sport in the world, but it's also a very cruel one. Let's get down to brass tacks about it. Well, more news. That's- Possibly should be supposed to be tomorrow. Frank Warren is saying he has some massive, massive news coming up tomorrow. Uh, most people are guessing, and most people are saying they already know in regards to Tyson Fury. I'm hearing a name. I think you're hearing the same name. I'm hearing Cornish. What do you know about the situation? I'm not going to really comment on it until I actually see it written in stone. Because it's, it's like our Twitter, you know, followers, you know, going on about it. Because they, I was like, because like the news of Alexander Povetkin, you know, coming out, you know, WBA mandates it, you know, and everything. I said, you know, for a substitution, Povetkin ain't bad. And people are like, oh, well, you know, the second best fight that could be made would be like Tyson Fury. And I'm like, until Fury actually steps into a ring... We shouldn't include him in anything. You know, and I'm the biggest Tyson Fury fan in the world. So I'm not going to really be all hyped up about it. And quite honestly, Gary Cornish, come (laughs) the hell on. This man is the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. And technically, whoever he fights is going to be fighting for the lineal heavyweight title. Have at least a little bit of depth. In opposition, please. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, to me, what are you going to prove fighting a guy that you know your main adversary? I mean, I mean, that's a guy who's worse than um, Sam Sexton, who Huey's going to be fighting. You know, I mean, come on now, you're going well, all Sam the way Sexton back beats. to you're, you're <laughs> going back all the way to fucking British level boxing. Well. No, I'm like, no, the main fight a fucking Euro- at least fight a European-level guy or something. The <laughs> main know? adversary, the, the the main guy that you're trying to you know, impress fight fans that you are you know, wanting to fight and you're, and you're prepared to fight and you're in shape to fight is Anthony Joshua. And this is a guy that Anthony Joshua knocked out in one round. 
Yeah, well, that's, like that's, a minute that's and a half. The, that's, the hor- that's the horrible thing about it because if he fights Cornish and it goes a whole complete round or whatever, I'm like, you already tarnished whatever value that you got. Yeah. At least fight somebody that there is no commonality between the two men. Exactly. I mean, I, and that, that's the only thing that really holds me back on that. I mean, if it wasn't for the, the blowout against you know Joshua, it wouldn't be a bad guy. It would be somebody you know you can prove yourself against. You can go some rounds. I mean, whatever. But you know, we, we got to admit that, that Fury hasn't fought forever, and he gained probably seventy pounds from his fighting. No, that, you're being conservative on that shit. Well, I'm trying to be nice. A lot of coke, yeah, I, a lot of a lot of drinking, and a lot of pounds. Hey, I, yeah. Like I said, I'm the man's biggest fan, but at the same time. I, I, I'm graciously awaiting for the comeback, but until I see him actually step in a ring, I'm not going to get excited. And quite honestly, I want him to get a couple of tune-up fights, but they all have to be able-bodied contender types, or else it's almost a moot point. Because otherwise, we're going to be waiting till 2020, if not 2021, before he's ever capable of fighting a guy like Joshua or Wilder at that pace. Well, I think a guy like Gerald Washington wouldn't be horrible, to be honest with you. He's not fast. He's a slow guy, but he, he can box a little bit. You know, he's a big dude. It, it, would, it would be good, you know, to see two big guys in a ring. I don't think I think Tyson's faster than him. I think Tyson's a better overall boxer than he is. And I think even if Tyson is, you know, kind of went down a little bit of level, you know, since he's been off and he's going to be rusty, I think he can still look good against a guy like Gerald Washington. That would be a good pick. And plus, he's an he's an American too. You know, going to the UK, it would it would still attract two different countries. You know, I, I think that would be a good pick. But I don't understand the corners thing at all. You know, especially given the fact what I'm mainly on is the fact that I, what, what are you going to prove? If I don't knock this guy out in one round and I got to go 12 or 10 or 12 against a guy like Cornish, you know, they might not even make the fight. You know, you're not going to get a public appeal by going to distance against a guy that Anthony Joshua stopped in one round. It's just it's a mess. It's it's a it's a public relations nightmare, is what it is. I hope it's wrong. Because if, I hope that because if he doesn't. Form. If he doesn't blast a guy out in 30 seconds, too, it's kind of like, you know, what the hell, you know? Nobody would buy the rematch between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury if it went like two, three, four rounds or something like that. Because they'd be like, man, he's incredibly fucking shot. You know? Even a guy like Steve Cunningham, you know, and I can't even believe I'd say this, given our history, but, you know, I'd vouch for a guy like Steve Cunningham in a rematch with Tyson Fury. Of course. I'd be all about that compared to Gary Cornish. Now, there's a lot of people a hell of a lot better than Gary Cornish. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's just how, if, if it's true, and I don't want to jump the gun and, and say, you know, that it's horrible because we don't like It's just rumors. But I'm hearing from some pretty good sources, so um, we'll find out. I mean, I'm not going to judge it all, all the way until it's done. Because we don't know yet, you know, but apparently tomorrow, you know, Frank Warren's supposed to announce this massive news, and if he's, he announces Gary Cornish, they should just cut the interview off right then. The press mm-hmm. conference should just be over. Because yes. it's not huge news, and that means that you're promoting that he doesn't even trust Tyson Fury. <laughs> no, that that would be the that's the long and the short of it, because either Tyson Fury's doubting himself or Frank Warren is. 
That's the way to look at it, if it would be that big of a cherry pick in a first time out. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're going from Vladimir Klitschko, even though, you know, it was two and a half years ago, but you're going against Vladimir Klitschko, you know, who was the champion in in Germany, is schooling to Gary Corners. I mean, I don't think he's fell that much. I mean, he did get big, and he did have some problems. But you know what? He looks good. I saw the picture today. I don't. I think it was real. It was with Ricky Hatton, and I think it might have been one of Hatton's sons or one of. Well, the, I know he. I know they said he sparred a couple of rounds with Nathan Gorman and everything else. So, the way I look at it, if, if you're doing sparring with Nathan Gorman, and everything. I'd say Nathan Gorman would clean Gary Cornish's clock pretty fucking quick. Um, so I'd be like, you got to up the competition if you're able to spar with Nathan Gorman and make him look inept or something. At least be fighting somebody like David Allen or Nick Webb or something like that. Yeah. Well, we'll find out tomorrow when you know when uh, when Frank Warren takes the podium and announces the big news. And I swear, if if he announces Gary Corners, he might get a couple beer bottles thrown at him. He better not serve you know beer in a bottle. It ought to be in the cup. Yeah. Oh my God. Because I mean, I wonder if they serve beer at press conferences. They probably do in England, don't they? <laughs> I don't know, but all I can think of is that scene from the movie. Um, Half baked, where the guy was screaming, "Boo this man!" You know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's how it would be. Boo this man! You know. Well, it'd be horrible. I'm gonna throw some more news that that, that happened the last couple of days. We talked. I think we talked about it briefly, you know, uh, Monday. But you know, Jermel Charlo is fighting Austin Trout, and mm-hmm. it's gonna be on the. Uh, I believe it's gonna be on the um, the Mars Santa Cruz rematch undercard. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> What do you think about that? I mean, really, do you, do you think that's that merits? It's it's not the most marketable name that I would want a guy like Charlo fighting, but it's a very strong fight, very good fight. Um, I like both guys, despite our little uh, oh. <laughs> debacle, you know. But but it's a fight He's that Charlo can win. Charlo. Charlo can win it, you know. Let's just put it that way. You know, and most likely he will. Um, and, you know, I kind of hate to say that because, you know, Austin Trout's been on the show many times. But then again, Charlo's been on the show a couple of times, too. So you just got to go with who's got the momentum. each other on the show, Rufus. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, that's what I'm saying, you know. But you got to go with who's got the momentum. And Charlo's got the momentum going, and Trout, you know, is pretty much like in a stalemate. And as far as I'm concerned, so. Well, I still, even though it's been a couple of years ago, I still have a hard time. You know, uh, when I seen the John Jackson fight, you know, John Jackson really completely outboxed Charlo. He was ahead on all three scorecards, and Charlo, you know, showed the heart of a champion. He was sharp, you know, showed you know, the truthfulness of being a champion and knocking him out, you know. But he had to come back and he had to give it every single thing he had. I mean, it was going into I think the ninth round and Jackson was well ahead in that fight, you know, eighth round and he was dominating. And uh, that he hasn't been outboxed like that since. So he might be getting better, which I think he is. But I'm telling you, if you're going to get outboxed, a guy like Trout is not the kind of he can outbox you. He definitely can. He gave well, you know his brother a tough fight, so. 
Um, but it all the way I heard did to him how he, yeah. he he's looked decent since, but I don't know if he has it all the way back yet, if he ever will. Well, I, I respect the guy who can be down like tremendously and cut, do everything that he can to come out on top the winner and convincingly. So, you know, like I said, I got to go with the momentum with Charlo. You know, I love, I like Trout. He's a good boxer. He's a tough test in a lot of ways. Um, but Charlo's going to get it. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I kind of wish we could just go ahead and just knock everything out of the way and just say the hell with it. We don't need Trout. We don't need a stepping stone. Or not a, I wouldn't say a stepping stone, but a gauge, you know, to, to see where Charlo's at compared to a, a guy that hurt already fought. Let's just get mm-hmm. the guys together. Let's unify all the belts. And then, boom. You know, Triple G mm-hmm. has a possible uh, opponent. Canelo has a possible opponent. You just basically, you know, tightened up the division. You cleaned it out, and you have one champion. I, I just, I, I hate that, man. I just, I, if you got a guy that has two belts, had a huge win, you got a guy calling him out, you know, and then uh, not even a week later, you know, you announce the guy's previous opponent. <laughs> You just I, I know it's it's promotion, it's part of the business, but I just man, I just I wish we could just drop everything and just say, you know what, these guys are fighting. You know, it's only April. You know, the it, it's you know, you know it, it's it the business. Huh? It's the business. It's it's huh. all about just trying to squeeze every nickel and dime you can, you know, by building people up. That's all it is. And it's also about her having two straight, two tough fights in a row. I mean, my God, you know, uh, give him a break, you know. But I, I think Herb's the kind of guy he can fight. You know, any fight he's ever in is going to be tough because he just he, he's not the most defensively sound guy. So it don't matter who you put him in the ring with, it's going to be a war. You know, mm-hmm. I think he likes taking. He doesn't get started until he starts taking a couple, you know, a three piece in a damn biscuit. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. You know, if he doesn't take a left-right combination in the first, second round and get his bell run a couple of times, he's not in a fight, and that it wakes him up. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just to me, I think it's a step back. I, I don't know if Trout has it all left. It's still one fight since that beating against Hurd. Even though he was competitive early in the fight, it's how he came apart late in the fight that kind of worried me. But we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, but Absolutely. we just have that announced, and then tomorrow, oh, my God, if they announce Gary Cornish, I am going to shit. <laughs> we might need to have a show just, you know, right after. Oh, yeah, a big rant, man. <laughs> <laughs> next next we're going to talk about, you know, you know what's going on, negotiations right now. Well, you know, well, I'll tell Walker. you what. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, just one last point on the Cornish thing, you know. Yeah, if that is actually announced, I would have I to argue. Cornish's <laughs> you know, I was going to ask, you know, would that be worse than Mike Tyson coming back against Peter McNeely, or is that like even level type shit? <laughs> I don't even know. That. But the guy was in jail, so I mean, at least he was in jail. I mean, you know. <laughs> but Tyson, okay, let's it? let's let's He's... get let's get into Wilder now. <laughs> And at least McNeely was a – I mean, he was hilarious, man. I will wrap yeah, was, you in a cocoon of horror. The Pizza Hut commercials with his, with his trainer and all that. It was just – you remember them commercials. He was all over mm-hmm. the damn team. He was like, he was, he was like mm-hmm. a media darling for like like three months. Yeah. You know, at least he had that going for him. And plus he was Irish, you know. Yeah. But he was like American Irish, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was beautiful. And no, that's that a very difference. good comparison. <laughs> yeah. But I think Peter McNeely could fight now and probably be more competitive than Gary Cornish. I'm just, I'm just. Uh, I, I would. I hey, if I had all the money in the world, I'd throw a few bucks, you know, towards Peter's way to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> But please, for the love of God, Frank Warren, if you're listening, we've had you on the show before. You might be listening. You might not. I don't know. But, man, rethink that. So, you know what, guys? We're having a press conference next week. We're not having one tomorrow. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. I just I don't I don't get it. That's, that's the only thing. But i got to move because I'm going to keep on ranting yeah. and raving about yeah. this because it's, you know. <laughs> and, and it's something else I'm going to rant and rave about. Anthony Joshua. Deontay mm-hmm. Wilder. Negotiations are happening. They are happening, mm-hmm. Rufus. We're, we're a step oh, yeah. ahead. We're starting. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one number that was thrown by promoter Eddie Hearn, representing Anthony Joshua, of course, was $12.5 million, mm-hmm. which was denied by all the fine people in Deontay Wilder's organization. Mm-hmm. Now, was it? Den- I, apparently it was laughed at. And I don't know about you, but I don't know many people that's going to laugh at $12.5 million. Um, I think they could probably do better, you know, maybe 20 But if he laughs at $20 million, <sighs> Shit. he's insane. Well, I- I'm going to tell you this much because they keep saying, well, you're low-balling low low me. Even if it was $20 million, it would be a low-ball figure in a way because it wouldn't be 50-50. You know, it would be something like uh, 70 30 or something you know but um um i said it earlier on the twitter i said in my honest opinion he ought to just take the fucking money and bang aj out of there because all, the, all this bitching and moaning is just going to make them say uh well we don't want to play with you anymore we'll just uh fight pavekin and we'll make a shit ton of money, and uh, Pavekin will be happy with like a million or two million dollars. You yeah, know, yeah, so right, exactly. But the thing is, you know, the promoter throw they're going to throw lowball numbers out there. Well, you think a promoter from the other guys is going to say, "Oh, we're going to be fifty million mm-hmm. off the bat." It's called negotiations for a reason. You know, it's mm-hmm. like buying a car. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, they, they, you go to the car lot. They they say we we you know you got a brand new car. Mm-hmm. We want sixty grand for a car that's not really worth it. It's going to lose all the value or half the value when you drive off the damn location. But you know, then you say, okay, show me your invoice. Let's talk about it. And it's called working out a deal. That's exactly the same thing with promoters. You're going to get lowballed. You're going to get a number thrown out. Don't go crazy when that number's thrown out. Say, okay, at least you you, you set a point, and we're going to work above that point. You know, mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll get close to where my guy wants to be. Now, if his if, if Deontay wants to be at fifty million dollars, I don't see that fight happening. Oh, but that the shit problem, that's never that's never going to happen. The, the well, fifty the million is, dollar man, if he can successfully come back, is Tyson Fury. It ain't Deontay Wilder, so you can forget that shit. I don't even I don't even, I don't even think of Tyson Fury is a fifty dollar million dollar man right now. But the thing is with with Deontay Wilder is. While you, know, you were fighting guys that weren't champions, and I'm not blaming you, but I'm blaming you know your matchmakers stuff like that. You know when you were fighting guys like that, Anthony Joshua was collecting belts slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. You know you were fighting this guy; he was fighting a champion. It might have not have been a true champion, you know. It might not have been a great champion, but now you've got one. This guy's got three, and mm-hmm. he's proven 
the market in his country where I don't feel that Deontay Wilder has. You know, no. selling you know eighteen thousand seats and then selling eighty thousand to ninety thousand seats. That's a big difference there. The money okay. is in, in the UK. But what gets me is they agreed on a fight with Pavekin in Russia, which is eons worse than fighting in the UK. And you know they agree, but it didn't happen. But they won't fight in the UK for you know probably a lot more money than what Pavekin. I I forget the negotiations with, with the Pavekin. Well, fight. that's the that's the thing that kind of boggles my mind is even if it was the twelve point five million, I think that's damn near three million more dollars than Deontay Wilder's ever made in a single fight. So it's kind of like, what are you exactly bitching about? Yeah, but you the, know, it, in a it, way, Deontay Wilder does happen to be Anthony Joshua, which he mm-hmm. has a puncher's chance. I don't see it happening, but a lot of people do, and a lot of people that actually know the game very well. But I don't mm-hmm. see it happening, but it, it can happen. You know, it's the heavyweight division, especially when you got a rocket right hand like he's got. You know, one and of the biggest punchers in the game. It's it the hand. That is if the, does the happen, thing that's though, in my mind. <laughs> Deontay Wilder could be a fifty million dollar man, and that's the gamble you got to take, especially when you have one belt to the other guy's three belts, and the fact that he's proven in his country. I mean, there's no way you're going to sell ninety thousand tickets. Even if Joshua comes over there, he's probably going to sell more tickets from the UK, you know, in, to, in a fight in the US than Deontay Wilder probably will. He's going to have more mm-hmm. fans there than Wilder will, and. Well, well they, you know, that's the other talk of it. You know, it's like uh, they want Joshua versus Gerald Miller, you know, if he ever came to America. And they're already talking big bukus of bucks for that one. And it's kind yeah, of funny that, you know, the Miller fight has more financial interest, you know, than uh, Deontay Wilder does. And it's kind of sad. It's a big slap in the face considering, no offense to Gerald Miller, that is like the worst cardiovascular heavyweight I've seen in many years. But he's a big dude, but it don't matter. I mean, he's fighting a guy like Joshua. It's not, you know, it's not a proven fight. And now, you know, you got Deontay Butler, who is a champion, who had a great win against Luis Ortiz, against another proven guy who's had a great win over Klitschko, and champions, and he's got more belts. So you got two proven guys. You know, the fight should happen. And then you got Tyson oh, yeah. Fury waiting in the wings. You know, Jarrell Miller is going to be, to me, I like Jarrell Miller. He's, he's got a great attitude, you know, when it comes to being a, a, a fighter. You know, he, he's a fan-friendly guy when it comes to talking. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. in the ring, but he ha- he has that attitude. You know, he's feisty. You know, he, he, he rhymes. I mean, the, the guy has a lot communication-wise. But, you know, he is not – that level yet. I would I would compare that fight to maybe Dominic Brazil versus you know Anthony Joshua. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's not it's not. I mean, I don't see anything in it. I want to see no. this fight. I want to see Deontay Wilder, and I hope that his people take this fight. If they're confident in their guy, they would take the fight. I'm not saying take you know the, well, the four point five million, but negotiate. If it was me, you know, I would try to see if I couldn't get you know that money, but I would want the rematch clause more than anything. Because if Deontay Wilder won, then you know how much bigger the rematch would be than the first one. You know, oh, most I of mean, them. so that's what I would want if it was me. But um, I have a horrible feeling that you're going to have 
a big clusterfuck that usually happens in the heavyweight division where what you want isn't what you get. And <laughs> it's too much of a heartbreak, you know. It's too hard to get emotionally involved with the heavyweights because always some bullshit happens, just like the WBA ordering Pavekin. And I'm like, this whole thing is undermining the whole purpose of having a unified, undisputed champion by pulling that kind of shit. Well, the thing that gets me is, you know, Pavekian, I believe the last, I mean, let me think. The WBA, I think he's still high in the range. He might, he's a mandatory, right, in the WBA? Mm-hmm. You know, but I wish they would just, you know, I wish sanctioning bodies, when you have that many belts on the line, they all get together and like, you know what, we're all going to get paid. You know, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Let's just go ahead and, and pick the fight that's going to be a better fight. Let's not, you know, get all crazy. Let's just, you know, let's let's do the fight fans a favor and let's put a good fight in there. A good fight is Pavekian versus Wilder. I want to see that fight. It's 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 you got two guys well, like for me. Uh, for for me, I don't want anything to, you know, slow down the Wilder Joshua fight. So for me, I think a great substitution, and I'd be like, you get automatic title shot to the winner. Fight Luis Ortiz, Pavekin and Ortiz. I said that would be a great bang up fight. As far as I'm concerned, that's probably a war. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, I mean, you got like a very like power hitting southpaw, you know, you know, great amateur experience, you know, gave Wilder a hell of a time, you know, and you have you know Pavekin, who is essentially this monster nobody wants to fight at all. The only one who had the cojones to do it is like Kalichko, but you know, I mean, that, well, the all that would be had thirty six fights, thirty seven fights, so you know, oh, yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy has a great record. He is a champion. He had things, you know, he had the results come up, the testing, the testing's been done, he's been passing everything. I'd say give him a chance. You know, at least, at least the Ortiz, I, I would buy for the Ortiz fight. That's fine. If, if we could have, you know, wouldn't that be something to have Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Luis Ortiz, and Alexander Povetkin on the same card? On the same God. card. That would be <laughs> fucking dynamite. It would. And you, have, you, Tyson have, Fury, and and you have Tyson Fury, and you have Tyson Fury sitting like at ringside. You know, that would that would tents. be epic. You would people have people oh, yeah. have tents popped up at the arena to get tickets for this damn fight. It oh, would yeah. be it would be insanity if you had all that on one card. You're talking about you know the whole heavyweight division you know basically being decided in one night, and that's mm-hmm. that's what fight fans need to see. That's what you know they should see. Um, but I, I do feel that they should be seeing Wilder and Joshua. I hope both guys and I hope their team's greed doesn't you know get the better of them and stop this fight from happening because they're not hurting just themselves because this fight needs to be made for their legacies. But it's hurting fight fans. And it, it, it's hurting needs boxing. Fight fans. Period. It hurts Anthony boxing, Joshua period. has a lot of fans in the UK, but it's going to hurt his fans there, and it's also going to hurt a lot of people that really you know really believe in Deontay Wilder. If you want a true champion, you need to give them fights that the, the, the fight fans want to see. And this is about the only fight on the table right now. No one wants to see Pavekian right now. I mean, they, they don't. And I agree with that. Frank, yeah. you know, he said earlier, you know, on Twitter, you know, no one really cares about seeing Pavekian. I can agree with that. And I think you agree, too. Yeah, I agreed with that. I said, but, you know, if it didn't happen, he's probably the second best fight you could get. But that being said, nobody wants to see that shit. I would not mind 
seeing Tyson Fury against Povetkin. Now that now that would be the great acid test. If Fury could fight like two or three times against somewhat competent guys, then throw him in with like Povetkin, and if he can, you know, school Povetkin, then have him fight the winner of like uh, Joshua and um, Wilder. You know, you prove think, that he's still good. Do you think the fight's going to happen this time? Do you think that, that you know Joshua and Wilder's next fight is going to be against them? Do you think they're going to fight? <sighs> I know it's a hard. Like question. I said, be, be, because of this stupid WBA thing, I'm kind of worried that it won't. Because I know Pavekin's the kind of guy who isn't going to sidestep for any amount of money. And if you remember when we were talking about it a couple shows back, what did I mm-hmm. say? Oh yeah, Pavekin yeah, is not gonna... the type of guy that's going to take step aside money. He's 38 years old. <laughs> no, you know, he, he, he ain't millions of dollars in the bank. Huh? <laughs> you know. There ain't enough time for him. That's the whole yeah. point. So uh, to me, it, that's why I said I don't want to get too emotionally involved in this because I've seen too many heartbreaks at heavyweight boxing. You know, the fights that you really want never do happen. We never saw Roy Jones versus Mike Tyson. We never saw Lennox Lewis rematch Kalichko and all this shit. It never does happen. The only time bo- heavyweight boxing was perfect in my lifetime was when they had the unification series all under the rule of Don King, and Tyson became, you know, the champion. You know, well, that was the, the only time it ever was flawless. The WBA, and I mean, every organization, Rufus, it's, it's amazing to me that everybody and their grandmother wants to see Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, but the sanctioning bodies are going to be the you know the ones that are sticking their foot in there and stopping it from happening when they already have an interim champion and you know Manuel Char, who was already beaten you know by Pavekian to begin with. But you know what, Pavekian wants a belt, so you know what, it's, it, it, Char's not proven to even have a title right now if he can't beat the guy that beat him before. And I would say you know give Pavekian that shot, get him that chance for a title. That's going to have some bargaining chips, you know. When he's going to have an interim belt, it's still going to be a, a championship. So mm-hmm. match him up against Char, you know. Whoever wins that fight, fights, you know. Whoever wins, Anthony Joshua. No, that, that, I mean that makes I mean that makes more financial sense because then you're getting double the sanctioning fees because you have the regular belt and the super belt or whatever. I mean, come on now, you know. I mean, anybody <laughs> on Twitter right now, tell me another reason that the WBA. You out of everybody, even the other sanctioning bodies, I think want this fight to happen. But the WBA is putting their foot in the door and stop trying to stop this from happening. Why? Why? Uh, what other reason do you have to stop a fight like this? If it's already starting to be negotiated and things are you know getting good and 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 everybody's starting to be happy negotiation wise, which is far from you know it's far down the road. But I'm thinking it could happen because both guys realize that it needs to happen. You got three belts and you got one belt. You know, you got the whole, you know, your whole heavyweight division is going to be made in one fight, and then WBA is stepping in. Why? Exactly why? Without corruption. As as fight fans, there's no way in hell that anybody, even people in organizations, are going to say this fight shouldn't happen. The only other way would be corruption. I mean, why do you think WBA would be stepping in, in this? Because 
I think what it is, it's, it's putting a proverbial gun to the head of the fight, saying we want the biggest sanctioning fee of them all, you know, or else we're going to, you know, make make it sure that Pavekin gets the belt one way or another, you know, That's and all that shit. To me how hard it is, you know, for one talented guy, the most talented guy in the division, any division, to hold all the belts at one time, you know, how difficult these other bodies make it, you know, helping the fire. You know, that's like the ultimate goal is to be the unified champion of your division. And these, these sanctioning bodies make it so difficult. It's just, it's, it's beyond, you know, anything that I can imagine. Why do this to fighters? Why do this to fight fans? You know, mm-hmm. Pavekian, I mean, nobody, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Pavekian, but the recent performances, I think he slowed down a little bit. I mean, I knew he was going to knock out David Price. That's why they did it, to make him look good. Mm-hmm. And he did. But he, he had a little scare, but he still did what he had to do. But right now, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua is the fight that has to happen. And I just oh, think yeah. it's it's silly. No, there is no substitution. Yeah, and then you've got an interim champion already, but Pavekian can't get that, and then and then earn it. He don't he don't have a belt right now, and you've got a potential fight with all four belts being on the line. It's just if it's it, to me, it's corruption. I think somebody's getting paid. That's oh, yeah. the only way I can see it. Oh yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, travesty. I mean, to me, there's some kickback going on. Has to be. If, if there's one one person, not just the organization. One single person in the organization doesn't want this fight. They're stupid. They are completely. You know, they have some mental issues. They have some problems. Or they've got a lot better w- bank account. But than then again, have. but then again, the WBA has always historically been the um, fuck up division. You know the organization. All uh, WBC. Uh, WBC. <laughs> I mean, WBC is horrible because they just love making belts. I'm like, hell, you might as well make 40 belts for your top 40 fucking heavyweights and everything else, and just get it done with. You know, these are just cranking out belts. But the WBA has always been so, gosh, horrible. Horrible, always interfering in shit when they don't need to be, and having the most ludicrous title challengers fight for championships and everything. It's absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, but you got to remember the Graciano Rachigani situation back in the 90s. You know, they, they did him so wrong, and he had them by the balls of WBC. He won in court. He was about to wreck them. He could have he done – I mean, WC would not even be anymore if it wasn't for Graciano Rachigani saying, I'll work with you. He let them mm. breathe. He should actually be where Suleiman is now. He should be the head of WBC. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for him, he, they would be done. And that's the corruption you know, from back then. And WBA is not much better. I mean, both of them have, have, have done their share. Um, but you know what? Start thinking for, for the fight fans. You know, the five fans need to see a fight like this. It would be huge. It would do huge numbers. You know, I, I don't know what I got have to get in the way. And I think right now at this stage, I, I would not be surprised if if the WBA throws their weight around in this negotiation, if they end up being dumped. Because you still got three belts on the line. Uh, like I said, it 
that's the thing that's the heartbreak for me because it completely undermines the whole point and having a unified undisputed champion. And I think to myself, how fucking selfish are you to take it away just because of some sort of money or whatever else? Because you know if you have an undisputed champion, that motherfucker is going to generate more money than anybody else you could uh, put the belt on. Well, of course. You know, but they don't think that way. And that's just it's just amazing to me. You know, I mean, they always think in short money term. You've got all the belts, especially they always think short term money. They're always thinking short term money, and I'm like, just wait, and it will pay off in dividends. You know, I mean, come on now. And then, not only that, Rufus, you had the possibility of having every single trinket in any division on the line at one time. You know, you have the potential. You know, the the winner of this fight, if all the sanctioning bodies agree and say, you know what, we're done having our heads in our ass, we like this fight, we're going to step away and let you guys negotiate, you know, you're not going to hear anything from us at all, let's make the fight happen. You know, you can have a four-belt champion fighting the lineal champion, having all everything on the line. Well, well technically, well, I mean, te- technically, if you want to break it down, it's more belts than that. Because you have the IBO belt in there, you have the Ring Magazine belt in there, and then you would have the Lineal Championship as well if Tyson Fury fights the ultimate winner. That would be phenomenal. It it would be like Masters of the Universe, all right? (laughs) That's what it would mean, (laughs) ultimately, in boxing. It's never been done before. Exactly. You know, I think the closest, I mean, what, oh... Wasn't it uh, Bernard Hopkins, Felix Trandow was close, if I ain't mistaken. Uh, you know, they had the middleweight, you know, uh, the the tournament and all that. There were a lot of belts on the line that night. I believe uh, Roy Jones, who was that, I, I think he won all the belts at one time. I mean, how many undisputed champions? But there's never been, I don't think there's been an undisputed champion that had every single belt almost. It's never been. And this could happen. No. Oh, it could yeah, happen. it could very well happen. Like I said, masters of the universe. I mean, But the could? greed of the damn sanctioning bodies is going to stop it. it. It always does. It always does. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it was like when Fury won against Klitschko, and not even a month later, fucking IBF took the belt off him. I'm like, what the fuck you do that for? You know, but you know, that's why it's I say I, my heart's broken. I'm worried, like deathly afraid about the fight being railroaded. All because of the WBA and Alexander Povetkin. Ain't that crazy? I really though, am. You have a like, and I'm speaking about Tyson Fury. You come out with all those belts, and two years later, you're fighting Gary Cornish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't remind me, Doss. Like I'm I said. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, but man, oh goodness gracious, that. I, I mean, like I said, technically he's the lineal champion, and you got to have some sort of common sense. About I mean, if Frank Warren makes that fight tomorrow, Mike Tyson might like run into the ring and like throw, you know, you know, take him up to the top floor of the building and try to throw him off again. I would rather see Mike Tyson versus Mike uh, Tyson Fury. I mean, at least it would be something you know more acceptable than that. Well, let's just you see know. Triple G versus Tyson Fury. Let's just, why not? You know, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean oh, hell, I'd, 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 I'd be. Um, I'd rather see George Foreman and Larry Holmes use championship emeritus. 
send hey, it back. Let's see Andre Ward come out of retirement. But yeah. you know, speaking of Andre Ward, mm-hmm. they have guess guess what show is coming back to television after what fifteen years, a long damn time. The Contender is making a comeback on Epic's network, and Andre and Andre Ward is coming out of retirement to be the host of the show. Uh, Nassim Richardson's on there. Freddie Roach is on there. And, <laughs> um, they are talking about starting the film in the spring of 2018, very, very soon. So that could, uh, the contender was huge back in the day for a while. It kind mm-hmm. of, you know, wore out its welcome. I mean, it didn't last longer, as long as I thought it should have. It wasn't a bad show. Do you think all these years later, Rufus, that the contender can still, you know, get that glory ah. back? Oh, God. I I think the problem with the contender, in a way, is because boxing is not a league. You know, it is not an organization like uh, the UFC with the Ultimate Fighter. You know, the Ultimate Fighter has continuously had high ratings and success because you know everybody on the roster. With boxing, it's completely wide open. You know, and a lot of them people, you don't know who they are. That was the whole point of the contender was having a bunch of these non-entities and nobodies, you know, get their shot. Um, I don't know if it'll last. Um, Maybe it could. Yeah. But, yeah, it's one of them big what-ifs. Yeah. It's one of them big what-ifs. Now, if you had the WBA or the WBC, IBF saying, oh, well, these are um, some guys from whatever, you could have Team WBA, Team IBF, you know, whatever, all going off. That might work because at least it's a league, you know, or whatever at least. But it ain't going to really work. Well, tell us what you think. Call in 929-477-1952. Again, that's 929-477-1952. Call in. Tell us what you think about the contender or anything else we're talking about, Wilder, you know, Joshua, the fight happened at WBA being dicks, you know, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> hot off the presses, though. i got to throw this in there. Steve Kim mm-hmm. broken on BoxingScene.com that Andre versus Dervinchenko has the interest of ESPN. Speaking of ESPN, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like Demetrius Andrade and Sergey Derenchenko, two guys that are very close to our other co-host, Andre Rozier, has the interest of the network. Wow. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think Andre's it's great for that. Andre. No, it's probably it's probably disappointing because he likes both guys. He trains one, and he's real good friends with the other. So, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. I mean, why not just put Darren Shinko in there with Golovkin? I don't think Golovkin's won. I don't think he wants that fight. Hmm. It's just you know. Yeah, I've always heard from Andre that I, those guys. You know, I don't want my you know. He's a family oriented guy. And, you know, all the guys he's friends with and he trains, they're like family to him. And then he's going to say, oh, you know, I want this fight to happen. There's no way. He said it before. So it's just amazing to me that, you know, what's that mean? They're interested in it or the fight could happen. I mean, is it news? Really? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm, <that's laughs> I, 
I don't know what to really say to that, you know. The thing with me, I love Andre, you know, and all the fighters, but it seems like his fighters, you know, get the worst possible matchups in a way. Uh, you know, I'm like, these, I'm, like, these, I'm like, these are the type of fights that are good to keep you, like, iron sharpens iron and everything, but they're not the kind of fights that will get you noticed and really get you real recognition, you know? That's why I got kind of, that's kind of why I kind of got into an argument with him. I was like, you passed up on Spike O'Sullivan? I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah that was when he was relevant. relevant. Purpose. The promoter had a lot to do with that. <laughs> you know, Andre's not the guy that's going to make this fight, you know. I know, but I would have really pushed for that one. I really no, Andre was because relevancy is everything. Well, he was slobbering, dude. When he heard about Spike O'Sullivan, maybe Danny Jacobs, he was loving that shit. You know, I was telling him how much of a mismatch it would be, but you know, he liked it. Yeah. But you know, That's... last night I don't know if you've seen it or not. I'm sure you. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. had a blast from the past, man. You know, I used to be the biggest wrestling fan ever, mm-hmm. and I was five. I was five years old. You know, ten years old from from five to ten years old. I loved wrestling. I was a boxing guy too. I started watching boxing when I was five, but I still loved wrestling until my brother told me when I was ten that wrestling, you know, was fake. And mm-hmm. it really, it was like tell me the damn, you know, the, the Santa Claus was fake that didn't exist. Yeah, I mean, it crushed my heart, man. And mm-hmm. I had one of the grandmas that was a seventy-year-old grandmother getting, you know, WWF, you know, wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. you know, magazines in the mail every month. She was huge. I mean, she had an Ultimate Warrior T-shirt at seven years old. <laughs> you know, she loved wrestling. It, it always ran rampant in my family, and I just forgot how much fun you know my childhood oh, yeah. was because of wrestling. And then I got to see the great, great show last night about Andre mm-hmm. the Giant on HBO. And I'm gonna tell you what, man, uh, that was one of the best documentaries on you know on HBO I've seen in a while. They've had some good stuff. But this was great. I probably oh, Peter yeah. Nelson. It was a great, great show. Um, it really about uh, shed a tear, man. I mean, Andre was a class act guy. Um, you know, I didn't know all that happened. You know, just to get the WWE where it is now. You know, talking about the ultimate sacrifice. You know, people mm-hmm. say that, that wrestling is fake, and it is. It's scripted, but that wasn't scripted. The guy pretty much. You know, you could even admit. You can even argue that he lost his life. You know, because his career was that more important to him, and he wanted mm-hmm. the WWE to succeed, and he it did a big reason because of Andre the Giant. Mad props. I, w- I was amazed. Oh, absolutely. I I watched it last night. I recorded it on my DVR. I've watched it probably two times since. You know, and I love reliving childhood, like you said, Dawson. Millennials don't get it today. I mean, WWE is big now. But I try to tell people, I said, back in the day, it was like two, three, four times bigger than what it is now. I mean, you had Donald fucking Trump buying the rights to have WrestleMania 4 and WrestleMania 5, you know, at the Trump Plaza, you know. It was so huge back then. Well, WrestleMania 3, 93,000 people. It did better than Joshua Klitschko, man. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, it was so fucking. 
you know, and people don't understand, you know. But then again, back then, we didn't know if wrestling was fake or if it was real, you know, in a lot of ways. You know, it wasn't really told to people. But even if we thought it was fake, when it came to Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, we kind of thought, you know, how the hell are they going to pull that off? How are they going to pull off, like, Hulk Hogan legitimately or otherwise beating Andre the Giant? And people don't get it. People talked about that match and some other matches down the line in the same manner and enthusiasm as Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield. It was that fucking big back then. And the fact that, you know, I I never knew about Andre the Giant and it being up in the air who was going to win the fight until the very end. You know, and maybe it could have been all for show, but I don't think so. I, I think it really, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon probably didn't know. That's how big Andre Giant, the Giant was. They pretty much said you can win or, or you can lose, and he chose to lose that fight because he knew it would be better for wrestling. I mean, that's an amazing story. If it, I believe somewhat. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of hard to believe it, but if it's true, that is one of the most, you know, that's amazing. That's just an amazing story, Rufus. Talk about taking one for the team, you know, oh, never losing a, a wrestling match. And picking, you know, WrestleMania three to lose your only wrestling match against a guy that you know is going to be that big in in, in life and in sport is just, you know, talk about taking one. That, that's that's the ultimate taking one for the team. Oh, absolutely. A lot of people don't realize just, you know, retrospectively, they don't understand just how big this man was in the symbolic sense. This was a man who was on equal footing with Muhammad Ali, if not bigger in some ways because he was in movies and on television constantly. Um, and for him to lose in that manner, it did change the face of wrestling forever. Um, and it made Hulk Hogan into, I mean, beyond um, enormous in the minds and hearts everybody because this was a guy who for 20 some years was the most recognizable athlete on the planet other than Muhammad Ali. So uh, it's quite incredible. You know, and, and really boxing kind of has their version of Andre the Giant. If you <laughs> you know, I was I was having glimpses and I was I was thinking a lot about Nikolai Valuev when I was watching them describe Andre the Giant, how big he was, and how he, you know, I believe that if I'm not mistaken, Nikolai Valuev has the same condition that Andre mm-hmm. the Giant had. But I think I think he got treated. I think he actually had the surgery. But you know, to me, that's like Nikolai Valuev saying, you know what? You know, I'm fighting these champions. I want to keep my. I love boxing fans that much that I want to. I want to keep my size. I want to keep you know that stature about myself. And you know what? I'm going to probably shave off 20 years, 30 years of my life, so I can please the fans. Mm-hmm. And I can't. I, there's no way I think a guy like that would do that. Not knocking him, but that's just how you know. That that's just how you know determined that Andre the Giant was on his career and his legacy. And taking care of fans. If fighters thought like thought like that, boxers thought like that, I'm gonna tell you, man. Why do you think that there's so many diehard wrestling fans out there? Oh yeah. Dedication like that. I mean, this guy pretty much you know ended his life 
you know, for his career and for the organization. That's that's amazing. It just it brought tears to my eyes, man. It's uh, it was a very uh, you know it was a very touching documentary. If you haven't seen it, they're replaying on HBO, HBO Two, all through HBO. You know, Andre the Giant documentary. Definitely check it out. It is it is worth the hour and a half that you're going to be watching it. And get some oh, Kleenex because you will be crying. I get, if you have any oh, heart, you know, at all, and you have a conscience, you will be crying like a little bitch. I'm just being honest. They, they ought to have that, you know, before <laughs> before they started on HBO. Please have Kleenex ready. You will be crying. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I don't care how hard you are. If you don't shed at least one tear during this, you are, you're like the devil, man. <laughs> No, it was very, it it was very heartbreaking at the end, especially when they talked. You know, like Vince McMahon said, he said, uh, "There comes a time when you have to tell somebody, you know, your career is over." And he said, "And when I did that to Andre, he never forgave me." You know, and but then again. But tell. then again, you, you know, and Vince McMahon is notorious not for apologizing or ever showing emotion, and he was choking up himself. And this and that is was nearly brutal. 30 years after yeah. the fact, you know. So you could tell, tell that was definitely – that wasn't crocodile tears. That was that was the real thing. He was definitely touched. He was hurt bad. And I think really, you know, them doing this, HBO doing this, really – you know, shows a lot of respect for me, definitely, HBO. Even though they're not doing the greatest boxing-wise right now, I think things like this really help them as, you know, HBO Sports as a whole. And uh, it's just, it was uh, it was it was probably the best respect you could give somebody. And I think it was a very well-done documentary, and I recommend everybody definitely watch it. It's, even if you're not a wrestling fan, watch that documentary. Very superb. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. It makes you want to watch wrestling again. <laughs> well, I, I've never really stopped watching wrestling because I think you kind of tend to forget, like, both me and Frank originally came from the wrestling background, you know. And when ATG first started, the format used to be we had a wrestling guest, then an MMA guest, and the main event was a boxing guest, you know. So, um, you know, that's something that has always been in my heart you know, even though I never got to live out that dream like I wanted to. Um, but, but you know, Andre the Giant, you know, without question was one of my childhood favorites. And um, I think a lot of it is the fact when you're a child, you know, you grow up on fairy tales. But then after a while, you realize just how dim and drab and quite honestly how boring and mundane life is and you kind of resent the fact that there is nothing spectacular and miraculous and magical in the world and I remember the first time you know my cousins were watching wrestling I wasn't really paying attention and I heard over the television you know from the legendary Shelley Finkel you know from Grenoble and the French Alps standing seven feet four and weighing 520 pounds, the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. And I was maybe like three or four years old, running to the TV, and here's this man with a head the size of a beach ball, hands the size of catchers, mitts, feet the size of shovels, as big as a fucking Clydesdale horse. 
And I'm like, there is, you know, amazing things out there in the world, that the world is miraculous. You just got to learn where to find it. You know, and for a little bit, you know, that came back, you know, and still this day, you know, I get surprised by the things. Whenever life beats you down, you see something amazing like that every once in a great while. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that, that he hated, he really disliked being the bad guy. He wanted to be loved by everybody. You know, it. he played so good. He was one of the best villains of all time. You oh, know, yeah. And he really didn't want to be, but that's just <laughs> it, it, no. Just that, that's the thing with wrestling. You usually get pigeonholed into um, a kind of image that you can't break out of. But he could play being the good guy, one of the most beloved men in the world, and also the most hated man in the world. And not only that, come back to being the good guy again, and be all forgiven. You know, that was just how amazing he was you don't see that happen with um wrestlers that often and and now i mean to me rufus and i know we're kind of going off the deep end but you know it was such a good documentary i think that you know we should show our own respect to honor of the giant and for hbo for doing this that's why i wanted to talk about it um mm-hmm. you know, to me wrestling just seems more diluted now they got ronda rousey in there and i i'm just i'm still pissed off about the ronda rousey being on ring magazine and and all that bullshit, calling her a boxer, and then she gets blasted out with a kick out by Holly Holm, a real boxer, you know. And now she's a wrestling star, and I heard she did good. I, I didn't watch WrestleMania, and people will probably damn me to hell for that. But I'm not a wrestling guy anymore. But what were your thoughts? I know you watched WrestleMania. How do you think that Ronda Rousey did? And I mean, do you ever think that they'll ever get back to the legacy they had back then? I mean, it's still oh God huge, no. But... Oh God no. Um. If you ever listen to the um, Jim Cornette Hour, you know, on uh, YouTube or his podcast, you listen to what wrestling used to be and what it is now, it's night and day. There's a universal disparity between it, like I said earlier. When you had Donald Trump and you had Cindy Lauper and you had all, every fucking celebrity you could think of involved in it at all times, and you look at it nowadays, it's a parody of what it used to be. Um, did she do well? Yes. But then again, when you have a woman who's like five foot three going up against somebody who's five, eight, five, ten, or six, four or whatever, you know, it looks so awkward and, you know, unbalanced, you know, and, um, it, it will never be what it used to be. You know, I, I do watch it, but if I want to watch real wrestling, at least in my mind, like how it used to be, I'll watch like New Japan wrestling on Access TV or something like that. But WWE is nowhere where it used to be at all. Now, I saw the shirt. I, this is a stupid question, but I'm not an, I'm not a wrestling guy anymore. Is is she supposed to be related to uh, Roddy Piper? She what is the storyline? Now, she, uh, her mother was trained by Judo Jean LaBelle, who trained Rowdy Roddy Piper. So they all kind of knew each other. And before she went into MMA, she asked Roddy Piper's permission to use the name Rowdy Ronda Rousey when she was in the UFC. And he said, sure. Okay. And when he died... You know, she essentially is taking the moniker of Rowdy Ronda Rousey, 
with wrestling and everything. So that's why she's wearing the hot rod shirts and everything else. That, okay. You know, Roddy did. But another storyline or being, you know, like the long lost daughter, or they're actually showing her as Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know what? Roddy Piper was awesome. I love that guy. I love a fucking smart ass. <laughs> he was the greatest hey, was smart ass the in the best. world. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he was insane. And, and that's oh, yeah. another guy that he, he had success in movies. You know, he, he was he was a star, and he was big. He was he was very big back in them days. It's like, you know, probably, I'd say, probably 30% of the wrestlers back in the day, you know, they had huge careers, man. You oh, know, yeah. I mean. I just remember, I remember Mike Tyson, you know, when he got knocked out against Buster Douglas, I think it was like the following week, you know, Mike Tyson was supposed to be on at WrestleMania, and then all of a sudden you got Buster Douglas on there, and I remember watching it, and I'm like, I was like glued to the damn TV, watching Buster Douglas, knock, I forgot who he knocked out, do you remember who, remember that? I remember Buster Douglas being like the special guest referee or something like that for some big match. But, I mean, back then, like I said, everybody wanted involved in wrestling because it was so fucking huge back then. Everything People don't get it. Like I said, when you had Donald Trump saying, hey, Vince, I want WrestleMania 4 and 5 at my casino because it made that kind of money back then and was so popular – you know, and not long before that, Trump was putting on Michael Spinks versus Mike Tyson, you know. I mean, come on now. There's oh, no yeah. comparison between then and now well, as far I as mean, but, image in the public eye. Yeah, but you still had, like Floyd Mayweather was in WWE. You had, I mean, you got a lot of that going on. Like They, they keep up current guys. You know, if you're, if you're you know, top, top in whatever sport, they'll probably have you on. That's just pretty much well, the you know, thing uh, with, a gauge of where your career is. I, I would say that was their last huge moment in a lot of ways in wrestling because not long after that you had like um, the Chris Benoit murder thing and you had so many deaths and steroid you know trials and shit like that to where they they went from being like this hard ass you know badass you know WWE brand to being like a PG rated. And everything, and it really diluted everything. So that that's kind of the problem, you know. But I would say Big Show versus Floyd Mayweather was like the last big thing that they had, <laughs> and that was a big dude too. Holy crap! I don't oh, think yeah. he was big. He would not was he as was he as big as Andre? I don't think so. He was close. Uh, well, was Andre big? was a lot bigger weight-wise, and I would say he was maybe a little bit taller than Big Show Paul White. Because if you ever look at pictures of uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger with Wilt Chamberlain and Andre the Giant on the set of Conan the Destroyer, he was every bit as tall as Wilt Chamberlain. So, oh yeah, and he dwarf I me, mean, man. He Arnold Schwarzenegger was just dwarfed by this guy. Oh, yeah. It's just amazing. Hey, you know, and oh. Schwarzenegger ain't a short, small guy either. He, you know, it, back then he was 6'1", 6'2", like sixty pounds, and he looked like a little kid, yeah. you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I want to get this out. 
you know, we've been talking about it. Me and you've been discussing. Uh, you know, everybody with the show has been talking about it. You know, the fans have always been wanting. They've been asking all the time. It's been pro. It's been about a year, I think, since the last time we've had trivia. We got to mm-hmm. get. We're going to get back into it, Rufus. We got to get some trivia going. I think. Oh yeah. Time. No, I, I'll put it out there right now because. Um, I know Michael Doss. He was probably my greatest adversary when I came yeah, to trivia challenges. I'm done with trivia. I want other you people know. to succeed. You know, we got a good champion in Joey DeWaco right now, but he's he, he's got a big yeah. fight on the horizon against Brian Jennings. The least thing he's worried about right now is this trivia championship. You know, we might make him champion in hiatus. I don't know. We'll figure something out. But you know, I kind of want to get the fans involved too. We got some good fans. We got we got a lot of haters, but they're good fans too. And I think we all can come together. You know, the ATG crew, the Twitter lovers, you know, our, our haters and our followers, um, the, the fans, the not so much fans. We can all get together and we can just have some trivia. I like to get the fans involved, man. Get some havoc T-shirts in the mix, like we talked about oh, before. I, um, no, no, I have absolutely no qualms with that, and I would pretty much say it. Anyone who wants to do trivia, you know, and win prizes and everything, come up against me. And like a five-question trivia contest. And if you can answer the majority of them, you know, that I uh, spit out against you, you get the free T-shirt and everything. And we might get them some trunks, man. <laughs> we'll get them a whole damn ensemble if they beat you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. But but we need to get back into that, man. That's, I've really missed the trivia. It's one thing that ATG is, you know, well known for. A lot of great champions in boxing. We're also, you know, competing and you know, we're champions in, in trivia. So I, it's definitely something we've been thinking about. I know a lot of Twitter, you know, our Twitter followers have been asking about it. It's definitely on the horizon. There's a lot of big things for ATG Radio coming up. A bunch of, you know, uh, different, you know, contests, you know, along with trivia. But we're definitely going to make it, you know, for our most important people, our fans. You know, we gotta we got to look out for the fans. They might hate us one minute, but they're still listening. And they still, once we, we mention trivia, they're interested. I guarantee you. And Havoc is coming out with some great shirts, man. I've been I've, I've been telling you about this. You know, Andre's going to drop some shirts. He said, he said, Mike, I got a whole warehouse full of shirts in Brooklyn. Have at it. I'm like, you know what? That is that's awesome. <laughs> we could have trivia every damn show we wanted to. Be passing out shirts like candy on Halloween. Absolutely, that, I'm down. That's for what it. I was about. But I just I just wanted to let the fans know that's you know you know, certain angles that we're going towards. Um, and, and hey, if you guys want to call in, we'll take some calls too. Again, 929-477-1952, 929-477-1952. Call in, talk about trivia, talk about Andre the Giant, talk about Ronda Rousey, talk about whatever. Triple G not having a dance partner. Um, <laughs> Triple G fight being canceled. Like, that, that's going to happen. Rufus, come on. <laughs> now, I, I mean, know it is. there's no way. There's no way that you know it's 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 April the 11th. <laughs> May 5th is like a couple weeks from now, and I just cannot believe this fight. No fight has happened yet. I just I can't believe it. Uh, considering the um, the pedigree, the stature of Triple G, I have a hard time seeing, like I said, him, you know, going so beneath himself. 
you know, as a world champion, as a guy who legitimately beat Canelo Alvarez and was robbed, you know, to, you know, I can't see it happening. A guy of his stature needs to have a big buildup. That's why I'm I'm figuring they're going to cancel this and they're going to try to see if they can't get Billy Joe Saunders or something later on down the line. Well, if they cancel this fight, though, I guarantee you there's going to be a promoter that jumps in and takes that date over. Oh, yeah. There's always opportunists in boxing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm, and, I, and I, as much as Floyd Mayler is saying, oh, I'm out of boxing, it's all about MMA, all about you know, being in the octagon, not throwing any kicks or not humping on the ground or not taking elbows <laughs> and just basically being a boxing match with a damn, you know, with an octagon around it. Um, mm-hmm. He's still very, very interested in what's going to come together on May 5th or not. I think he's interested. I think that uh, it wouldn't be shocking, you know, if he did some kind of input, if he if he had a show around May 5th. And not himself, but you never know. But he's definitely mm-hmm. he, he, he's staying close to this situation. I guarantee you. Well, I you know I kind of feel bad in a way for Dana White and all them in a oh, way. Shit. Oh come because, on. Because because they wanted you know to do something on May fifth, you know. But before they could get you know it all set in stone, you know Triple G and Canelo Part Two. You know, it was set in stone. They're like, oh, well, we can't. We're not going to compete against that, you know, again. You know, so, um, you know, so now I feel like they're kicking themselves in the ass for not, uh, you know, trying to take it out from under them. Well, they still have a chance. They got a little less than a month, but it's going to need more, you know, it's going to need more PR time than that. I mean, that, that's the problem. You know, they they let it creep up so quick to May 5th. I mean, it's going to be mm-hmm. hard for anything to happen right now, and oh, that, that's it's really a downer. It really is, you know. Just uh, May fifth is a very, very big, big date in boxing, you know, in boxing fans' lives, and it just, uh, you know, who can we blame? I blame the cows. <laughs> oh shit! I blame the the street vendors in Mexico that making them hamburgers with that bad meat. Man, come on. <laughs> Who did that? But, no. but it don't matter. It, you know, it is. I, I'd rather it see is what it is. In, in good shape and fighting a guy like Billy Joe Saunders. And if 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 the fight falls through and there's no fight that happens at all, I about guarantee you that we'll probably never see Canelo and Triple G again. Oh no! Like I said, time is not on Triple G's side. So that's why I see he's not going to piss around with Canelo. He's going to go straight after Saunders and win, lose, or draw. I think that's going to be the end of the line. Well, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. If they're going to do something, I really – I want to see Triple G fight somebody. I'd, I'd hate to see, you know, all that training, all that preparation, and then him get nothing because another guy's mistake. You know, it might be the best for him. But I think it's really going to deal him a blow. It, it's hurting him right now. He wants to fight. You could tell. Well, the thing with me, like I said, the the blame falls squarely on the shoulders of Canelo because, I mean, yesterday would have been the day that they would have had the um, 
you know, commission ruling on it. He could have been given the pass to have fought Triple G anyway, but he pulled out anyway. He didn't have to. He could have had his day in court, and he didn't take it. So it's all his fault. And go. it's going to take his the rest of his career, whatever is left of it, to try to make up for it and get forgiveness from everybody for it. Mexico would love him even if he committed murder. But for the rest of the world, everybody hates him. No, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you know, he, he has a lot of fans. But this has definitely dealt his career a blow, and it really it did, you know, it definitely has hurt his fanfare outside of Mexico, in my opinion. But he can oh, get it back. Without question, he can get it back. But is he going to be as big as he was? I don't know. I mean, that's that's really the million dollar question. And uh, we'll just have to see what happens. But you know, don't don't eat bad meat. Don't eat meat in Mexico. If you're a fighter and you're from Mexico and you're the guy, you know why are you going to be eating some cheap hamburgers? Really? I mean, come on. Jesus. Drive across the border, go to Burger King. Come on. Well, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't put the fight on in, like, fucking Mexico anyway. Where you could have, like, replicated, like, Chavez versus Haugen with, like, 100,000-plus people watching, you know? Yeah, but Haugen and you could have gotten away and get robbed on the scorecards. You know, I mean, you're not going to get robbed in Vegas and then say, oh, well, I'll take the fight in your home country, in your hometown, you know. <laughs> the, there's no way that would happen, you know. But if, um, if, they, if, they, if it did, I mean, still, you know, Triple G might have ended up pulling out of this fight, to be honest with you. If Canelo didn't pull out, it wouldn't show up if Triple G did. Because Triple G was so, you know, adamant about, you know, him testing positive and saying that it wasn't bad media, it was him. He's been doing this for years. It's like it shook him. I could. I mean, it was clear as day. I've never seen Triple G like that. You know, he was definitely uh, he was definitely concerned. I can't blame the guy. No, he he Triple G reminds me a lot of like Vladimir Klitschko. That it, them guys, they're so ice cold in a way that nothing really bothers them. But when it does, it's kind of like, oh fuck! You you don't even know how to respond to that. You know. <laughs> Because it's really jarring just to watch them kind of come unglued. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know what's going to happen. I really want to find out pretty damn soon, you know. But we'll have a fight. Maybe we won't. We'll see what happens. There's there's more fights on the horizon. But I was I was looking forward to it to in a way. I just wanted. I really wanted to see Triple G. You know, get that win eventually. Now it, it probably will never happen. It's a sad thing, but you know that's that you got to charge it to the game. You know, it's, it's, we've, mm-hmm. we've been burned many times before. You know, just like Pavecki and and and, uh, and, uh, and Deontay Wilder. Although I still never thought that was going to happen. I'm just you know, yeah. I mean, these guys are being so hard right now negotiating, but they you know it's like that fight was made so easy back then. And then they're going to Russia, and now he's complaining about going to the UK and fighting Joshua. Uh, there was something. There was something that stunk about that situation. No, it, it kind of gives me shades back to Roy Jones in a way with uh, Darius Mikulczewski. Mikulczewski, yeah. 
where he would not go overseas to fight the guy, and that was like the big question mark, the only like guy really left to ever fight. And it was like, well, what what's the hold up? Yeah, you know, but... you've got to give Roy Jones credit. Cause you've got to remember, Roy Jones was part of the worst amateur you know score of all time. The worst, you know, anything amateur, not just you know, uh, not just Olympics. It was the worst damn you know scoring of all time, probably in boxing period. You know, when he got robbed in uh, you know overseas against the Korean fighter man, I, he 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 schooled the guy. He got robbed of a gold medal. I can kind of see where Roy is coming from because he had you know, he got burned before. And he felt that he, you know, that he would draw more than Mikoshevsky. He didn't feel that Mikoshevsky really deserved for him to go overseas, because you, you got to remember when he when he finally lost and he was on the downside, you know, he started fighting overseas. It really wasn't a big thing mm-hmm. for him, you know. But at that time, he had so much pride and the fact that he he was hurt, man. I mean, he he really got hurt by not winning that gold medal. It meant a lot to him, and eventually he got a gold medal, but. You know, it didn't. It didn't matter. It's still not gonna. It's not gonna ease that burn from all them years ago, and being part of the worst decision probably in Olympic boxing or even amateur boxing history. Mm-hmm. So I got to give Roy no, the benefit of the doubt. You know, I I, I kind of do, but at the same time, you know, it's it's kind of like what you said. The moment he lost, he started fighting overseas. And I'm like, what's the difference? Yeah. But it ain't like Roy. You know, you know he signed a fight while he was in his prime. And he was about to fight overseas, and he did it really easy. And then all of a sudden, the guy popped for you know for steroids, and the, the fight's over. And then all of a sudden, to go back overseas, you know, you're giving all this all this crap. Yeah, that's why mm-hmm. I kind of thought that that fight was kind of a charade, and it never was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 water water fans will vehemently deny that, and they'll tell me that I'm full of it, and I don't know crap about boxing, whatever. But I do know that the fight didn't happen. Uh, but it was made way too easy. There was just something about the negotiations of that fight. That, that's why I am so deathly afraid, you know, in a lot of ways of like Wilder and Joshua, because it seems like it's going so easy because, you know, uh, I refused the first offer. I'm waiting for the next one. Okay, I agree to that one. Nothing yeah, goes that far. <laughs> you know, well, you know what I mean. That's usually how it goes, and I'm like, that's why I don't get too emotionally involved in anything when it comes to high-profile matches anymore. I really don't because they either never live up to expectation or something happens to where they they never do happen or they happen too fucking late when it no longer matters. Well, the good thing about this is it's not being drawn out. You know, there are some negotiations. You know, both guys are in their prime. You know, it's a good sign. It ain't like, you know, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. Even though it wasn't, you know, that late, they still had a little bit left. It still was too late. You know, this is this has a lot yeah, of years. It was, it was three know. to four years too late. Uh, because for well, me, with the whole Pacquiao-Mayweather thing, he should have gotten, you know, Mayweather maybe after um, – what would you say, like uh, maybe Hatton or Cotto around that time, you know? Had that happened, that's when it would have mattered the most. But I think the Floyd still would have want to shut up. Oh, he would have. You know, a lot of people don't want to admit that, but I'm like, you know, 
I, as much as I've hated Floyd Mayweather and I've wasted so much energy hating the man, I'm like, at the end of the day, you got to admit facts. You couldn't hit the guy with a handful of fucking corn. <laughs> you know, it ain't <laughs> happening. After that first round, I knew. I, I just knew. You know, I, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings watching that fight, and I'm like, you know what? It's over. After the first round, I'm like, I'm going outside. I'm getting on the You know, and, and, and speaking of guys, you know, who – you know, and I love Manny. I'll always be a fan of him and everything. But for me, I think he's another guy who you can argue is a bit like Povetkin in the way he's trying to gum up the works in a way. Because here he is, you know, going to be fighting this, uh, you know, Lucas Matisse. But they're already talking having Lomachenko versus Pacquiao. And I'm like, why? I, I love Manny, but he's not a big superstar anymore. And he's no spring chicken, and you know, and I just don't if like. If you're that. phenomenal against him, if Lomachenko blows him out of the water and just dominates mm-hmm. him, I, I feel that he could, you know, get a lot off of that. I still think there's a lot you can get from being, you know, from having a, a win, like an undisputed win over a guy like Manny Pacquiao. You know, is it a win over Mayweather? Is it a win over the, Canelo? The thing with me, point, it would no. be like. A, it would be like when Manny beat De La Hoya. Is it a win? Sure, but does it mean anything? Not really. You know, and that's the way I would look at it. If Lomachenko beat Pacquiao, you know, and like I said, I, I'm some of these older guys need to know when to retire or step aside, and it's just horrible. Well, I think I think it also comes down to how you know. Um, how Crawford is going to look against Jeff Horn. You know, if Crawford knocks his guy out in one round and just batters him around, you know, like a rag doll, you know, it's going to really say, to a lot of people, it's going to say a lot about Manny Pacquiao. You know, Manny Pacquiao almost knocked him out. So if, if, if you know, if he actually has a hard time against Crawford or has a hard time against Horn and he struggles a little bit and he's still dominant and he still wins a 12-round decision, you know, it still might look good for Manny because Manny did almost have him out. But Manny mm-hmm. tried so hard and just, I mean, he gassed out. But, I mean, man, he was putting a beating on Horn that ninth round. You know, so that's going to be a testament also. Uh, but that's been mm-hmm. a while. You know, there's not been any activity. Yeah. And he's fighting a guy like Matisse, who, in my opinion, is completely shot. Mm-hmm. I think I think well, that's kind of should... that, that's, that's one of the big indicators to me, you know, is I'm like, why Matisse? When Matisse hasn't been shit in, like, what, five years? Yeah, there's a reason they're they're fighting overseas too. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, I, I just he's Matisse is a good fighter. He was a very very tough guy, but you know since Pistol lost, since Victor Pistol knocked him out, it's been downhill. And you know it's it might be a good gauge on Manny. Manny could look fantastic against Matisse. You know, I don't I, I would don't think, expect I, him to. I would hope so. <laughs> that I would hope so. That's the whole point. That's the whole point, exactly. is they're trying to sell Manny as being still something. But Make I don't think there's really much left. For a Lomachenko fight, which Lomachenko, he's got a way to go. I mean, he's he's not not a big guy. You know, mm-hmm. compared, Manny's not huge for 147, so it wouldn't be that bad, but it, it'd be kind of comparative to, you know, uh, Rigondeaux versus Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. But Lomachenko will be in Rigondeaux's spot. Yeah. But he'll be facing a guy that's much older, that you know uh, is is more susceptible to 
something. Well, we'll see. But, man, Mr. Late himself, there's there's 20 minutes left in the show, but my man, <laughs> Andre Rozier's in the house. Andre, what is up, my man? Why are you so late? Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, we, this schedule is so hectic. Uh, Rufa Roos, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, my man. Oh, man, we just got out of the gym, uh, Danny, Chris Algeria, and myself, and um, we were putting the grind on. Uh, I had Saddam, Curtis, and Joe Green earlier at 5 o'clock, and I had to scoot on out to Long Island and work with the second set. So we're in the, we're in the crucial moments. The, the fight is close, and uh, things will start settling down a little bit more. And I'm looking forward to the conclusion of it. So I could get back to my regular schedule and, and get enjoy some sleep. the time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, I gotta ask you that me and Rufus were talking about this. Boxingseed.com released. You know, Steve Cam just released some news that you know Demetrius Andra Andre and Sergey Derenchenko has the interest of ESPN. I, I knew you were gonna go completely crazy when you heard about this. That that is it. First off, first off, Al 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 Heyman, who happens to be um, Sergey's advisor, wouldn't even go for that. He'd have him on a Showtime PBC show in a minute. So I don't know where Steve Kim got that from. To honestly tell you, nowhere near in the stratosphere. But once again. That's, that might be Artie Palou throwing some stuff out in the, in the water. Because well, that, he has that's, like saying, that, that's like saying Anthony Joshua Deontay Water has the interest of ESPN. Uh, yeah, you think it has the interest of everybody. I Thank mean, you're you. really not saying anything. Just because you're interested no, in that I, fight, does it? <laughs> I don't know. I, if Steve Kim wrote that, I don't know why Steve Kim wrote that. That makes no sense at all. What I tell you, Rufus? Adam. I knew he was going to be bucking, man. <laughs> I love it, Andre. I love that it. Is, that is, I mean, that's like me coming on on the air, and I'm going to say, "Hey, Captain. Hey, Rufus. Guess what? Danny's going to move up the light heavyweight, and they're thinking about putting him on ESPN." Dude, Come yeah. on, unbelievable. Yeah, check it out. Uh, Danny's not, you know, the, the Deontay Water, Anthony Joshua fight's not happening because Danny Jacobs is moving up to the heavyweight, and he's going to the U.K., and he's fighting Anthony Joshua, and it has the interest of Box Nation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, I was worried about that. <laughs> no, no way, no how. I mean, not even. I don't know where Steve got that from. Well, Literally. I don't know either, but it's out there. So <laughs> I want I wanted to get the real story. That's why I talked to the man. So I got that. I knew you didn't have no interest in that fight. It don't matter what ESPN's interested in. You know, you don't have no interest in it. They probably don't have no interest in it. You know, you'd be running the both camps. You'd be like training one guy for 30 seconds and running across the ring and training the other guy for 30 seconds. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, my goodness. Well, let me ask you. What is going on with me and Rufus have been talking about it, among other things, everything. 
Um, but we've been stressing on Triple G. The fight's still no fights happening. Spike O'Sullivan said, the hell with this, I'm out. You know, I don't know what happened there if they couldn't reach money-wise, or maybe he might have got a more lucrative offer for somebody else. I don't see how that could happen, but it's a possibility. Um, what are you hearing, and is Darren Chinko still in the running for that? Well, we haven't heard anything. But what I, To tell you, we have put some pressure on the IBF to make a decision towards the fight. Well, we know that he's not going to fight uh, the technician, so we're saying if he's not going to fight, he needs to be stripped because he's basically holding titles for hostage uh, sake now, and being that he's night fighting Canelo and all these other guys have to know, it doesn't make sense. There you go. So well. we put some, some uh, fish in the water, and these little piranhas are getting ready to bite at the IBF. They have to make a decision, and they have to make it soon. Because, if you know, if those guys want to lock up the situation, Sergey will fight for the vacant IBF title. He's the number one fighter. Somebody come on. Let's get it on. There you go. Do you think the fight's going to happen? Do you think Triple G is going to finally bow out? I mean, man, Mayfield is just right around the corner, Andre. I'm starting I to think that way. I hate to quote my man Rufus, but didn't he just say this last week? <laughs> didn't Rufus say that that fight was going to implode and there's not mm-hmm. going to be a fight? Mm-hmm. Now I'm not oh. saying that I'm not saying that Rufus is psychic, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, no, no, he, he, he's a gypsy though. I, he's got some gypsy blood in him, man. <laughs> Look Hey, listen, Captain, his turban was definitely on when he called it because that fight is going nowhere fast. Real fast. You know. Real fast. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. Yeah. I mean, man, it's, it's not going to happen. You know, April 11th, away, dude. <laughs> three weeks, two weeks away. I mean, shit. Forget about it. It's a done deal. It's a done now, deal. It's if, not happening. But it, you still got it on the table, though, right? If they if they would finally say, Darren Shanko, let's go ahead and do it, would you guys be ready by May 5th? Well, you know, we've been on a, a smooth cruise, and literally at this point it it makes no sense. I wouldn't even put a fighter through the paces to say, oh, three weeks from now you're fighting for the undisputed middleweight champion. It, it makes no sense. And, you know, psychologically it doesn't make sense. Financially it'll never make sense. There's yeah. not enough time to create the event. There you go. And, honestly, they're treating this like a club show atmosphere now. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, they're 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 going from Vegas to California. You know, by the time it's said and done, they'll be fighting in a damn, you know, in a warehouse in Boston. Jesus. The analogy yeah. is this. You have this girl, you guys dated a while. It didn't work out. Let her go. She don't want the flowers or the candy anymore. Let her go. <laughs> it's over with. So it's a done deal. I mean and they keep pushing it. I think I think the boxing Media is so hungry for something that they keep creating these scenarios 
just so that they can have something to talk about. And unlike, unlike the team in the fire pit at ATG Radio, we call it like it is. Well, I'm going to drop it. It's, it's we've, we've talked about it. We beat it, you know, this dead horse, which is definitely dead in my opinion. And in three weeks, we'll find out. But actually, probably next. I think by the end of by the end of next week, we'll definitely know. Um, unless something crazy happens, I think it's a done deal. But Thursday night. ESPN, we do have boxing. There is boxing coming on, guys. That's Former right. champion Francisco Vargas fighting our good friend, great interview, Rod Salka. Guys, are you yep. are you psyched for this fight? <laughs> <laughs> I like Rod, man. He's a great guy. <laughs> that there you go, Dallas. <laughs> No, I like him. Actually, he, he can fight a little bit, but Francisco Vargas is a tank, man. Good God. Oh, forget about it. It's like... You got to throw I, grenades at this guy to get him to back up. It's not going to be nice. <laughs> the feedback that I'm hearing from you and Rufus, kind of tell me that. Uh, I, crickets, man. <laughs> We made some calls earlier about last week's event. Um, we the, the fights were close. The fights were close. So I'm not going to say that we were like totally out of the loop. Am I not mis- Am I not right, Rufus, on this one? I got one wrong. So <laughs> yeah, but but we we made some predictions and we were a little bit off. Yeah, <laughs> heavyweights were on that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, to make you guys feel better, you guys go ahead and say who who you got in that fight. <laughs> and then oh, I'm going to tell God. you my prediction to make you feel better. I know both of you are going to have Francisco Vargas probably by, by KO. I'm going to go, I'm going to go say Rod Saka by knockout. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm if you're that sure, Doc, put some mercy. money on it. <laughs> put some money on it. No, Vargas, but okay. <laughs> that, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I like Rob, man. He's, he's such a personable guy. Great interview. Really, you know, was, it was the time we were interviewing him, he was looking for that big chance, and he got it. I mean, shortly after that, he got it. So. Um, you know, all props to Rod Salka. He's taking tough fights. He don't care who it is. He's a warrior, but man, this is gonna be brutal. Oh man, oh man. Woo. Fire in the <laughs> hole. Fire in the hole. <laughs> Damn. Oh man. So what is but your I, take? My heart will be there with him. My heart will definitely be there with him. Well, we've been talking about a big, big fight, of course. Anthony Joshua, Deontay Water, negotiations right now. I'm sure you've heard $12.5 million thrown by Eddie Hearn. They denied that. What do you think is going to be happening? Do you think they're going to get somewhere, Andre? Me and Rufus have talked about this, but I wanted to get your take. Well, they're close. I think they're close. And, and as Rufus did say before, the fight has to happen. It has to happen. It, it, it 
needs to happen. And, of course, they're going to be haggling because that's the nature of business. This part is strictly business. They've got to get the numbers together. They've got to agree on it. And then, then the fight's going to be made. But all the back talk about, oh, this guy's scared of that guy, that is this, all of, that's, that's garbage. That's pure garbage. I don't think either one of them are afraid of each other. And um, they, they, they're eventually going to make an agreement when the numbers are correct and, and they will stop haggling about, oh, this is that and that is this, so on and so forth. And the fight will take place. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't think any guys scared at all. They're both warriors. They both would fight anybody. But I do think that Deontay Wilder's crew is having some thoughts. They're not scared, but they're concerned, and they want to get the most for their – they want to get they want to get as much money as they can. That's just right. my thought. Yeah. Rufus, do you think that Deontay Wilder's – team is, is, do you think that they're concerned? Do you think that's why they're kind of haggling because they they think it could be that big payday, or do you think that you know, what do you think? Well, it's kind of like I said at the beginning of the show when we were talking about it, whether it's $12.5 million or $20 million, it's a low-balling. Anyway, um, I, I just think it's basically a matter of pride, I think, is all it is. But eventually they're going to say, the hell with it. We're going to take the next offer or something before um, WBA and Pavek can fuck shit up. So, um, you know, rather than lose their chance at it. So, his timing is of the essence on this one. Right. There you go. Exactly. Well, remember, Rufus is a psychic. If you want a reading, <laughs> hit us up on Twitter. Deposit, you know, twenty dollars in his in his GoFundMe account. He will read your palm via the internet. Oh Jesus! And he's damn good at it. He's, he, you know. <laughs> oh man! I'll it comes to the heavyweights. I'm pretty good. Otherwise, my opinion is just as much like any other fool on the corner. So let's talk about 105 pounders, Rufus. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Crickets. No, no, no offense to them guys. Uh, you could probably make a strong argument. A lot of them guys may be the pound for pound, you know, best boxers in the world, but nobody's ever going to hear about them. You know, so it's kind of a po- pointless thing. <laughs> Well, guys, it's been a good night. We didn't get much time with you, Andre, but, hey, I appreciate you coming on. I, I had a feeling you'd pop on. you got a lot going on right now, Mad Props, for, you know, just for coming on, giving us a little bit of your time. But Monday's coming back. Definitely come back and see us. Get back on the show for maybe an hour this time. But I know you're grinding, so it happens. Yeah, we get, we're get we getting close to it. Um, it's just, uh, we have uh, next week will be the last hard week. And then we're going to cruise after that. But I'll be on Monday uh, hard and strong, ready to rock and roll, and we're going to talk to serious boxes. There you go. And Danny's looking good, I imagine, huh? Listen, first <laughs> round, don't blink. Oh, oh come on. A replay, a replay of Kid Chocolate. What? Worse than Kid Chocolate. Worse. Uh-oh. Kid Chocolate Uh-oh. didn't hit the camera. It will. <laughs> 
Well, we're definitely going to be talking more about that Monday. Rufus, always good having you on. Great show tonight. Andre, thanks for coming on, man. Have a good night. We will see you Monday. Most definitely. Ruby Roof. <laughs> Take care, guys. All right. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right, buddy. Bye.